Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I welcome you to Episode 17 of the Living the Catholic Faith Podcast. My name is Deacon Steve, and I'm a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Phoenix. Well, the Christmas season is over, and we're back in ordinary time. There's not much ordinary about God in His one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We have the church militant, the people of God on a mission to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to love him above all else, and to serve one another in his name. May we be open to this mission, and may our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, give us the grace to undertake our mission, no matter where it leads us. Our question this week is this, and it's a tough one. My life seems so empty sometimes. I don't finish what I start. I feel unmotivated. What can I do? It is a tough question. First, I think you can offer up your emptiness and feelings of lack of motivation to God. Jesus knows emptiness, as he emptied himself as he hung upon the cross for each of us. Jesus also knows the challenges of completing a task as he encountered lots of opposition. After offering it up to Christ, we can ask the Lord what his will is for you. I highly recommend you read St. Ignatius of Loyola or any Ignatian book or article about the process of discernment. Discernment will help you separate your will from God's will and will hopefully help you to discover what God wants you to do with your life. In addition, you may want to consult, if you need to, with a behavioral health professional to determine if your emptiness and lack of motivation is related to depression. Please, do not despair. Jesus is the light in the darkness. You are never alone. Go to Jesus. Our meditation this week comes from Pope Francis. Today we shall ponder Jesus' first miracle, which John calls signs because Jesus does not perform them in order to excite wonder, but to reveal the love of the Father. Initiating his public ministry at the wedding at Cana, Jesus reveals himself as the spouse of the people of God and reveals to us the depth of the relationship that unites us to him. It is the new covenant of love. What is at the foundation of our faith? An act of mercy by which Jesus binds us to him? And the Christian life is a response to this love. It is like the history of two people in love. God and man meet, seek, find, celebrate, and love one another just like lovers do in the Song of Songs. Everything else comes as a result of this relationship. 
The church is the family of Jesus into which he pours his love. It is this love that the church safeguards and desires to give to all. In the context of the covenant, we are also to understand Our Lady's observation. They have no wine. How can one celebrate a wedding feast and make merry without what the prophets indicated as a typical element of the Messianic banquet? Water is necessary for life, but wine expresses the abundance of a banquet and the joy of a feast. This wedding feast was short of wine. The newlyweds are ashamed of this. Just imagine ending a wedding feast drinking tea. Wine is necessary for a feast. By transforming into wine the waters of the jars used for the Jewish rites of purification, Jesus performs an eloquent sign. He transforms the law of Moses into the gospel, bearer of joy. The words Mary addresses to the servants come to crown the wedding of Cana. She says, do whatever he tells you. These are her last words recounted by the gospel. They are the legacy she hands down to us. Today, too, Our Lady says to us all, whatever Jesus tells you, do it. At this wedding, the new covenant is truly articulated. And to the servants of the Lord, that is, to all the church, is entrusted a new mission. Do whatever he tells you. To serve the Lord means to listen and to put into practice his word. For each one of us, to draw from the jar is equivalent to entrusting oneself to the word of God in order to experience its effectiveness in life. Thus, together with the steward who tasted the water become wine, we too exclaim, you have kept the good wine until now. Yes, the Lord continues to reserve the best wine for our salvation, just as it continues to flow from the pierced side of the Lord. The wedding feast at Cana is more than a simple account of Jesus' first miracle. Like a treasure chest, he guards the secret of his person and the purpose of his coming. The awaited groom starts off the wedding that is fulfilled in the Paschal Mystery. At this wedding, Jesus binds his disciples to himself in a new and final covenant. At Cana, Jesus' disciples become his family, and at Cana, the faith of the church is born. We are all invited to the wedding feast because the new wine will never run short. Our topic this week is Epiphany. Now you could say, wait a minute, Deacon, why are you doing that for? We already celebrated the Epiphany. True, but it meant, when we talked about it before, the manifestation of God in the visit of the Magi to the Christ child. But there's another manifestation in this week's gospel that we'll get to, and that is the wedding at Cana. At the beginning of his public ministry, at the baptism of the Lord, the first manifestation, 
we celebrated that last week. We saw Jesus getting baptized last week, and then the dove, the Holy Spirit, saying, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now there's another epiphany. Mary calls the stewards over, and Jesus shows his divinity by turning water into wine. What does this have to do with us? We are called to see the Lord manifested, to see an epiphany in the everyday. As St. Ignatius of Loyola says, we are to notice and see God as present in all things. He is with me as I speak this. He is with you in the nitty-gritty of life, in gridlock traffic, in lines at the stores, in the person experiencing homelessness, in our families. God is manifested here and now. The question for us to contemplate, my brothers and sisters, is have we opened our hearts and minds to see him? Our gospel this week for the second Sunday of Ordinary Time comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. There was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the wedding. When the wine ran short, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, how does your concern affect me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servers, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone jars of water there for Jewish ceremonial washings, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told them, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it. And when the head waiter tasted the water that had become wine without knowing where it came from, although the servers who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves good wine first, and then when people have drunk freely, an inferior one. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this as the beginning of his signs at Cana in Galilee, and so revealed his glory and his disciples began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today we hear the Gospel from St. John. And in this Gospel, as we heard, Jesus is at a wedding, and the waiters run out of wine. This is a scandal, a horrible thing to happen during a wedding. For Jewish weddings would go on for days, and people expected to have food and wine along the way. So Mary tells the waiters, do whatever he tells you. Of course, referring to her son, Jesus. This is no accident that from the time of the visitation to Elizabeth and beyond, Mary points the way to Jesus. And asking for Mary's intercession as the mediatrix of all grace, Mary advocates for us with her son. 
As Catholics, we are called to develop our relationship with Mary, which will help us deepen our relationship with her son, Jesus. If you've never done so, I highly recommend you consider this year to consecrate yourself to Jesus through Mary using the book 33 Days to Morning Glory by Father Michael Gately, G-A-I-T-L-E-Y. If you've done it before, which I have done, do it again. The consecration will enrich your spiritual lives and aid you in your efforts in living the Catholic faith. Amen. we've come to the end of episode 17 of Living the Catholic Faith podcast. If you have any questions or topics you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email me at deaconstevew at gmail.com. Next week, I'll be taking a week off, so there will not be a podcast, is I will be attending the Convocation of Deacons for the Phoenix Diocese. I'll be back, God willing, in two weeks. So look for the next podcast the weekend of January, what is that, 29th. In the meantime, let us pray. Lord, help us to live our faith according to your will. Help us to become holy and serve you above all else. And let us pray the prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all I have and call my own. You have given it all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. And now, my brothers and sisters, please bow your heads to receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you what only he can give you, his peace. And may Almighty God bless you all, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go in peace, my brothers and sisters, growing each day in holiness as we strive and pray together in our journey in living the Catholic faith.